What's up and welcome to Hope in the Margins, a podcast of Hope Community Church that is seeking to help you connect the hope of Jesus with your everyday life in the margins. We wanted to do an episode where we talked about this new song that we've been singing. Speaking of new song, song 40. Yeah, but sing a new song. Uh, sing a new song. Uh, this song that we've been singing last couple weeks, and so it's called Eyes on Jesus, and I really just want Caleb to kind of share a little bit of the story behind this song, how he came about it, what it's meant to him, what it means to our church, and, and I got some feedback too, kind of mm-hmm. what it's meant to me and uh, how the Lord's been using it the last couple weeks, and especially today as we record this on Sunday the 13th just what it what it meant to me this morning as we worship together but Caleb tell us a little bit about this song and where it came from yeah so I've told a little bit of the story in service when we sang it uh, we sang it at, or I, I, I sang it at the Shelby campus last week and then this morning at the UC campus and uh, got to share a, a little bit but you know you can't just say everything you know, every detail of the story. Um, but those of you who don't know, which is probably a majority of you, I'm in a program called 10,000 Fathers, and it's a 18-month uh, program that's kind of like a um, uh, first half of a seminary uh, degree, um, master's in uh, worship. And so uh, I'm in the middle of, of the second semester and at the beginning of each semester, uh, we go out to Colorado Springs, Colorado, and we do our week-long intensive. And so the week right after Easter this past year was track two intensive. So we get out there, and uh, we have a few days where we're focusing on songwriting uh, this semester. And so there's a couple sessions on songwriting. There's a session on like a, like a vocal workshop, how to, you know, how to take care of your voice and stuff like that. Um, there's actually there was one on uh, on preaching too, actually this time. And uh, we all knew that on Thursday of that week that we were going to do something called songs in the round, and so uh, that means you you you're all going to kind of sing a song, but you don't really know the full details, you know, like you're kind of, it's kind of left up in the air a little bit. And, um, so we get to Thursday and nothing's been mentioned about like writing a song. We know we're going to write a song, but we don't know how it's going to work and stuff. And so it's like Thursday afternoon and they tell us, um, right after some session, they were like, Hey, look, the people at your table, uh, that's your group. Uh, group or t- uh, table one, you go to room 308, and table two, you go to room 221. And you know, they just kind of started throwing it out there. So, um, my group went to this room, and uh, I didn't really know know these people, I'd just known them for a few days. And we start writing a song, and uh, they told us, they said, All right, you're gonna go to this room and write this song, you've got two hours, meet us at this address at this time, and you're gonna sing your song in front of everyone. Has to be a minimum of four lines long. Which is actually kind of vague, cause, cause it, how long does each line have to be? You know, like we mm-hmm. we didn't know. Yeah. So, anyways, we get to this uh, like restaurant. They had like this cool little um, area. Like they had a mes- main restaurant area, then they had this other area where 
where you could go. There was like a stage and like they had tables set up in there. So it was just like a, like a less formal type setting or whatever. And so they just start calling names. They're like, all right, who's up first? You know, and, and they, they bring up the first group. We've had two hours to write these songs, you know. So me and my group, we get up there and uh, we talked a lot about John the Baptist. And, uh, you know, he was like a voice in the wilderness crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. And um, we talked a lot about how the worship leaders a lot like John the Baptist, you know, pointing to Jesus. And um, we tried to write a song starting with John the Baptist. And that took like an hour and a half. It's like, oh, man, we got 30 minutes left. We don't really we don't really feel like it's complete, you know. And it's almost like we shifted our focus then to start um, writing a song, kind of kind of the same song, but we shifted some of the language in it to be about the the wedding feast in heaven. And so we we wrote a verse and a chorus, and you know when it was our turn, we got up and we sang it, and I was pretty proud of it. You know, it sounded pretty cool, and uh, all the pressure was on you know, leading up to it, and then, you know, you sing your song, and everyone was super friendly, super awesome, like, cheering for you, so it really took away any nerves and all that, but anyways, um, it was cool, you know, people clapped along, mm-hmm. cool experience, so, like, a few few more groups go, and um, I doubt he'll ever listen to this podcast, but there was this guy named John Egan there, and him and his group get up and sing this amazing song, <laughs> and, uh, there's this guy sitting beside me, and like they're they're like in the middle of their song, and I hear him go, "Man, John Egan does it again. This is so great, you know." Carrying on, I'm like, "Why don't you be quiet? Like, it's not that good, okay? It's not that good." But the truth is, I was super envious because like as soon as I heard the lyric, "When I'm sinking fast, let it be your eyes I catch." I mean, that was just an incredible picture of, I mean, like you know, you preached Psalm 40 this morning talking about in that quicksand pit like i'm i'm sinking and i'm i'm up to my neck and up to my eyeballs like what where else can i look but only like locking eyes with jesus that's the only saving uh that i'm the only savior that i could ever count on and so uh, little did i know the next day i was gonna fly back home to north carolina and i got in my little rental car which was a chevy bolt have you ever ridden one of those? Oh yeah, tiny, tiny, tiny car. It's got like it's not even like electric? a full motor. No, it's it was gas. It co- seriously, it, it cost me eleven dollars to fill up the tank. Oh my! It was unreal. I don't I don't know how they make a car I like that. I need one of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, I get in that, and I don't know. Like that morning, I felt like this anxiety start to like rise up in my gut, you know, and um. And out west, well, I actually don't know where it is, but they have a restaurant called Raising Canes. Have you ever heard of mm-hmm. that? It reminded me a lot of Zaxby's, you know, yeah, out here in the south. Know. It's pretty good, um, but it was real simple. And uh, I remember I pulled off and got some lunch at Raising Canes, and I sat in the parking lot. And I was like, man, what was that song last night? So I got on the Facebook Live and uh, um, went and found them singing Eyes on Jesus again. And by the time I got to Denver, which was probably another 35 minutes away, I had the song memorized. Like I had sang it like eight more times by the time I got there. And um, yeah, so anyways, I Google who John Egan is at that point. I'm like, oh, this guy's legit. Like he's got some (laughs) big songs, you know. And um, 
And yeah, I mean, for real, again, I was super envious and super jealous, just like, because that song was awesome, you know, for, for a two-hour ride, you know? But anyways, um, yeah, so like for the next two weeks, um, I took some time off from work, and I just uh, just rested at home and took like an extended Sabbath, and uh, every day, you know, I would wake up and kind of do my morning routine, and at some point in the day, like, when that anxiety sort of was flaring up, I would just have to sing or listen to that song. And um, I don't know, man, it was just, it was just so life-giving to me for those two weeks. But um, not to, not to just end the story there, but like, like literally two weeks later, I said in the services, it felt like I was um, on an anxiety roller coaster because there was ups and downs, ups and downs. And, um, but when I listen to that song, it would remind me that Jesus is right there beside me and that when I'm sinking fast and his eyes are the ones that I lock onto, like, that's peace. That's that's all I needed. And so even though there was still chaos, like, whirring around me and all, uh, I had a peace, you know, and it was okay. It was It was okay that, say, I was in a pit because I knew that I was taken care of, you know, and so... Anyways, two weeks after that first kind of when the roller coaster took off, I guess, two weeks later, it was so weird. I just dropped my daughter off at daycare and I was almost about to pull back in my driveway and I just felt this peace that seriously goes beyond understanding. I can't explain it. It just, woof, everything vanished. Like all that mm. uneasiness and chaos and madness just, just disappeared. And things that I'd been praying for and been sort of trying to process and navigate, like it seemed like everything just rang clear for the first time. So I got out my journal, I started writing down all these things as fast as I could. And um, yeah, it was just really cool. And so when I came back to, to church in May, we started doing our rehearsals again. And, or I started, I guess I started going to rehearsals again. They still had rehearsals, but I um, would tell that story and tell the teams, like, okay, I'm going to give you the lyrics sheet, and here's the chords, and I'm going to start playing this song, and by the end of the song, I want you singing along and playing it. Like, um, if you're the drummer, playing along, if you're the bass player, whatever. Um, so it was kind of like a little fun exercise, but then I brought them to Psalm 148 right before we sang, and it said, but my eyes are on you, Lord. It says all this stuff. It says, even... Like, even if I die, you know, like all this really heavy stuff. And then the very last thing it says is, um, but I will pass by safely. And I just think the confidence of David knowing God as good as he did, as well as, you know, as well as he did. He was a man after God's own heart. He knew God's character through and through. And so, um, yeah, he, he it was confident to, to wrap up that psalm by saying, I'm going to pass by safely, you know. Um, but my eyes are on you. And then, um, you know, Hebrews 12 talks about God being the author and perfecter of our faith. And it talks about having our eyes on Jesus, too. So I'm sure that's where they pulled some of those lyrics from. But, but yeah, I love the song because, and, and you, you can tell me what you think, too, like what you were going to say. But I, mm -hmm. I like the song because it asks these questions. And it, it's not like, it's almost like nothing's held back. You know, we don't usually say, God, where's my miracle? That sounds kind of selfish. Mm -hmm. But like, let's just be honest. That's what's on our heart. You know, we feel 
we feel super desperate and super alone. And that's all we want is just to be, uh, maybe, maybe just to experience that breakthrough, you know? And so, um, saying, you know, God, what's, uh, what's my victory song? Even though like it answers that question in the chorus, we still ask it because we're like, right now I don't feel it. I'm empty. I need a victory song to sing. But then when we realize, put your eyes on Jesus, and when you're sinking fast, you know, you catch his eyes and, and he's the victory strong, the victory song and he is strong. And so, yeah, I love, uh, I love that song. And we played it for a few weeks in rehearsal. Someone said, hey, I think we should uh, sing this in church. It's like, okay, well, let's figure that out. And then it kind of made sense. We got into the, the series on the Psalms, Hot 150, and um, thought that, that would be a, maybe a cool theme for the month. So, yeah. So what do you think? What do you think about it? Yeah, so you showed it to me not long after you'd yeah. been, and, and then there was a time, I think this was before you played it on a Sunday. Right. It was, I yeah. sent you a voice memo. Because I was reading in Matthew, and I was reading about Jesus healing the sight of mm. these blind men. And for whatever reason, that morning as I was just sitting there, I was I was thinking about what that must have looked like. Like, Jesus opens their eyes. Mm. They've been blind for, I think, like 38 years or something. <laughs> and the first mm. thing he sees is Jesus. Mm. And I just thought about that, like, every salvation, when we say people pass from death to life, like, like literally their eyes are being opened. They're getting new sight. Like, they're, they're given a new song, new sight, a new heart, whatever it is. And I was just thinking about that, like, that the mental image to me of my eyes being opened. Every day when I wake up in the morning, will I will my eyes catch Jesus? Mm. Like, will I be looking for him? Will he be the first thing that I look to? And then more than that, I was just thinking about how in scripture, how sight is such a, it's everywhere. Yeah. Like we talked about visibility, but also mm. like, I think it's in Ephesians talks about the eyes of my heart. Mm. Like that there's even a vision of the heart yeah. and different things like that and stuff that I just been kind of processing. And then this morning, um, yeah. The Lord just like, I was like blown away in rehearsals before the service because you and I had talked a little about like, I was, you knew I was preaching Psalm 40, but we didn't talk a whole lot about the song set and the flow of the service. And I just, right before the service was like, man, God can orchestrate a service better than we yeah, could ever do. Sure. You know, like. I, and after the service, I went and wrote down like all these connections of how it tied in to, to what the Lord had laid on my heart to share from Psalm 40 when I was really struggling with like, like not going to lie, almost tearing up the whole sermon and like starting mm. over. Yeah. Like uh, at this point, <laughs> just dumb, like change it. But then it was just reassuring and encouraging, especially in Eyes on Jesus, like when... I hadn't noticed this, but it says, what is my exit plan when I am drowning? And I was thinking about that. Like, that was literally what I was talking about in Psalm yeah. 40, that there's this hurricane going around on around us in the midst of this pit, and we're drowning. Hmm. We're suffocating. Like, we need fresh air. And that 
in that line, as you said earlier, when I'm sinking fast, let it be your eyes I catch. And I was just thinking about that this morning of like, no matter what's going on around me, like how do I find joy? How do I have joy in my life? It's one when things are no longer about me, you know? Like, mm. like if I made everything about me and circumstances started to harm me, I'd be pretty pitiful. I'd be upset. Mm. But if my eyes were fixed on Jesus yeah. and it was then about him and about pointing people to him, the circumstances, the yeah. suffering around me would not matter. Like, it wouldn't matter. And I was, Jake and I were even having this conversation the other day of like, in our jobs, like no matter what job we have, if our eyes were fixed on Jesus and him alone, then we could find joy in that job because it would not be about yeah. us. Right. It would be about pointing people to Jesus. And there would be purpose in that, you know, there would be joy in that. And I thought of, I've heard it like this acronym for joy is Jesus over you. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's so true. It's like, what if that joy wasn't even about my happiness? But, yeah. But I receive joy when I point people to Jesus. And I can do that in the bottom of a pit, hmm. you know, because I can be fixed. My eyes can be fixed on him. And so that's just some of the stuff I felt like the Lord was yeah. doing and I think I think I learned a little bit more about like um so you know the screw tape letters the whole premise is it's this demon writing to his demon nephew and giving him like strategies and plans for how to tempt and cause the his um they call it what do they call it his study his understudy I don't know causing his um person his human that he's working on to stumble and mess up and all that. And, you know, like they say, uh, know your enemies, keep your enemies closer, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I, I don't necessarily want to keep my enemies close, but know, knowing your enemies, you know, is, is an important thing. And so I feel like one I've learned one of the strategies of the devil is to just divert my eyes off of Jesus one tiny degree. Yeah. You know, not, not to like um, just like cause me to have this huge stumble every day but like no just just not to be fully wholeheartedly pursuing the lord that day yeah. because if i if i am i if i'm off 1 degree then then he's he's got more of a foothold in a sense yeah. you know what i mean have you ever heard the um the the socrates thing where he's like uh he takes the kid out to the ocean and he holds him under. The the kid like comes comes to him and is like, uh, yeah, I want to know. I want to have this wisdom. I want to I want to know this or that. And oh, he's yeah, like, yeah. meet me at the beach. And he takes mm -hmm. him to the beach and he holds his head under. And he lets him up. And he holds his head under again or whatever. And he's like, uh, what are you doing? What are you teaching me? He goes, whenever you want wisdom as much as you want to be able to breathe, mm. then then you can you know have it because then you'll chase after. And mm. I think if we want Jesus that much. And we see, like, you know, what, what, who he is, not just for his benefits, but just who he is. Our life has changed. And that's a, that's a song I'm working on right now. I don't know how to, like, word it and say it all, but I want to I wanna say, you know, I've seen God's blessings and 
and everything, but it's not about his benefits. It's just his presence. Like, I just want to be there right. with him. And I have to write that song because I need to say those things. Right. It may not be exactly true all the time, but I need to remind myself and say it over and over and over so that maybe one day it can be true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm so imperfect. Like, <laughs> imperfect is like, sounds great. I'm awful, okay? I, I like... Just a bunch of scrubs. <laughs> for sure. I mean, like, you know, talk about like a bumper sticker on your car, but then you have road rage, you know? Like, yeah, I... I was talking to George Lynn, shout out George this week, and I made the joke. I said, you know, everything would be all right if it wasn't for the people. And George uh, George said, people are the most aggravating of anybody. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, I mean, it's true, though. You know, it's a bunch of imperfect people trying to get along, and it ain't going to work out unless we have yeah. the Lord. So, so yeah. That's like, speaking of that, it's like you singing it, singing that song to yourself. Like, yeah. like I almost feel like David in Psalm 40 is doing that. He's yeah. singing the song. But today, for me, preaching in a sermon, like I found myself, one, falling into this trap of wondering what everybody was thinking, but then being reminded, mm. no, you're, you're preaching this to yourself because I might be the most impatient person I know, <laughs> you know? And I'm sitting here preaching about how we wait upon the Lord with humility and hope. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like, Lord, would you grow me in that? Like, like I, I know sometimes... I think it was Matt or somebody made a joke about me being impatient. But after after I left like the room, I was like, man, this is true about me. Like I, mm. I might even joke about it myself, but I don't want to be that way. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to live that way. Right. Like it, patience is a, a fruit of the spirit. Like I long for that. And so I say that like it was as much me preaching it to myself like, I said in there that if it was me singing that song, yeah. it would probably say I was impatient. <laughs> and I waited impatiently upon the Lord. I did all that I could do. Um, and when it failed, I, I just gave up. Yeah. And, man, like, it's been such a reminder. It's, it's so cool that God uses his word to remind us of of things and what it means to to follow him. Well, that's the part that actually resonated with me the most. So I don't know if like if there was a highlight reel from your sermon this morning, but like that was my top one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was the thing. Um, but you know, like I feel like the theme of your sermon was keep your eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. even though there was like this, like you talked about the pit. Yeah. You know, but it's like okay, there is a pit, and there's always going to be a pit, and there's going to be seasons of life where you're in the pit. But here's the solution, or here's the the uh, way to combat it, you know, yeah. eyes on Jesus. And yeah, that one degree at a time, like Jake and I had a really cool conversation about that the other day and how you said that last Sunday and we'd both been thinking about it all week because it, it is so true. And like speaking of in the margins, like in our everyday work, not even in ministry, you know, yeah. like we work with imperfect people here at the church. Mm. But like if I went through my day and my eyes were fixed on him all day long because what happens is when it does, if I do go a degree off, as you said, it becomes a foothold. Yeah. But also it begins to shift to where it's harder mm. to get back on track. And it also becomes where my eyes shift off of Jesus and they're normally on me. Yeah. Like mm. my eyes are normally on me of like, well, I didn't get this or like they yeah. weren't nice to me. 
They didn't <laughs> affirm me enough. Yeah. They didn't do. They didn't respond enough in the service. You know, something right. like that. Like that. That would be my eyes being mm. centered on me. Yeah. And that's what's been challenging mm. for me to think about. It's like, no, if I want joy, then my eyes are fixed on Jesus. Yeah. And Him alone. So. Mm. So that's thanks good. for sharing. Yeah. That's so good. Grateful we'll for you. Keep singing. Yeah. So. Um, uh, I emailed that that guy John Egan asked for permission to sing it. He was like, "Go for it," you know. Um, but the other writers on that song, Matthew and Seth and Emily, they they did a great job, like presenting the whole song. Like mm. that's I think that's really what sold it and made it come to life for me. But um, but yeah, so I don't know. I had people even last week after the service like, "Hey, uh, what's that new song? Where can I find that?" I'm like, "Oh, you can't because it is <laughs> so brand new that you can't find it anywhere." So. Maybe it gets released one day. Um, if not, we'll sing it at church from time to time. And um, maybe you can just sing it in your car a cappella. Till then. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that you walk away with more hope in Jesus and that you feel equipped and empowered to give hope, create community, and be the church.